0: is a Sound Health radio show where we talk about the crossroads of environment and our health with Richard Talk-To-Me Guy. And as we know, Sherry Edwards is off working on the soundhealthportal.com. When you want to know more about the Sound Health Portal, go to soundhealthportal.com. I suggest scrolling down and watching a video of Sherry doing a live workup, and that'll make a lot more sense. It really gives you amazing amounts of information, seeing how the system actually works by taking your vocal intake, which is a voice recording, and running it through the many choices of software. And you can also then scroll up and look at what the current campaigns are. Choose one, submit your voice recording, which you can do right through your computer, and you'll get a report back in about two to four hours, I think is the most I've ever waited. And it's a phenomenal, I'm so excited to have the Sound Health Portal versus lugging around laptops. It's really, it's an amazing thing. To hear and share replays of this show, about 15 to 20 minutes after the end of the you hear the outro music, you can go to talktomeguy.com, scroll down that page, and you'll see the show, and you'll see the show notes, and right under the show notes, whether you're on a mobile device or on a laptop or a browser, When you scroll down to the show notes, right below the show notes is a player where you can listen to it right either, again, from your mobile device or your browser, and or you can click on the link for numerous amount of podcast apps, which could be Apple's podcast system or Google's or Overcast or any number of possibilities, Audible. We've really got a lot of feeds everywhere. And I'm going to jump right to, with that, Adam C. Hall is committed to helping individuals, companies, and organizations unlearn the beliefs, behaviors, and habits that shield them from discovering their purpose, mission, and cause. In his book, Divine Genius, The Unlearning Curve, Adam shares the 13 universal wisdom teachings and the genius process that led to his transformation discovered on the extraordinary journey that took him from the shores of Santa Barbara, California to the jungles of Peru. He is passionate about sharing this knowledge and wisdom with the world. Author, speaker, futurist, social architect, impact investor, advisor, and conservationist. 27 years as a CEO and serial entrepreneur, Adam began his professional career as a self-described earth conqueror ultimately turning the role of Earth Keeper. He was the founder of three successful real estate development companies before personal and professional devastation forced him to reevaluate everything in his life. Ultimately, he began to integrate a deeply spiritual and more authentic and natural approach, becoming a trained shaman and a teacher of the Course of Miracles. It was then he chose to focus on creating a company that protected the planet and particularly open space at risk of development. As the CEO of Renaissance Capital, Adam raised $1.5 billion plus in capital investment to rescue and conserve premier natural landscapes. He spent two decades as an impact investor dedicated to the quadruple bottom line people, planet, profits with purpose, and founded the Earthkeeper Alliance. Adam has dedicated himself to fostering conscious evolution, business and culture over the past two decades. Through his books, Divine Genius, The Unlearning Curve, and the first book in his autobiographical trilogy, The Earthkeeper, Undeveloping the Future, his 40 keynotes and the more than 60 radio and television show interviews he has done, Adam continues to seek ways to elevate consciousness. Today, he is the founder-CEO of the Genius Studio, creator of the Genius Process. Adam joins us to talk about Divine Genus, the Unlearning Curve. Welcome, Adam.
1: Good morning, Richard. It's great to be here with you and, and all your listeners, and I'm looking forward to the show today.
0: Me too. What a great thing. So many places we can go, but I'm going to start here. I'm going to read a very short review by somebody I have interviewed many times and admire greatly. Adam C Hall's book Divine Genius is Conscious is a Consciousness Template to apply quantum physics in real life. He helps the reader rise above disempowering programs to manifest our intentions and thrive into the future. I highly recommend it as a guide to free ourselves by freeing our minds. Bruce H Lipton PhD Wow, that's like a mic drop uh, <laughs> review of your book. I, I've been interviewing Bruce Lipton since he wrote Biology of Belief, so I think that's a that's a great great place to start from. I want to I want to ask, I think, kind of a launch point. What was the was there a tipping point that led you from Santa Barbara, California, to the ayahuasca ceremony in Peru?
1: Uh, in other
0: words how did you get there that's quite a leap
1: well there was a, a a first step actually richard like you know many of us that are exploring purpose and you know what how do we even get here what are what are we to do on this planet and and uh, other than you know where i was at you know prior to taking that leap so to speak was really uh living that Hard charging, earth conquering uh, lifestyle of just a, of a businessman that that you know lived according to the law of the jungle, which you know was whether when the sun comes up whether you're the lion or the gazelle, you better run like hell. <laughs> eat or eat. Yeah. Don't don't you know? I mean, if we think about it in our lives, doesn't it feel? That we live in this kind of competitive world, maybe it's a c- cement jungle for those that us are living in cities, and most of us on the planet do live in in cities now and these are changing times in many ways so early on, I spent my my um my my first well really first forty two of my my sixty years uh living according to that law of the jungle in 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 real estate. And um, and really focused primarily on you know what's in it for me, uh, how much can can I kind of take in? Of course, ostensibly I for the family uh, I have three three gorgeous daughters, uh, five granddaughters now, if you can believe that. Wow,
0: wow, <laughs>
1: it's a good thing. Yeah, what a gift they they all are. But ultimately. You know, that journey, even, you know, perhaps paradoxically, Richard, at the pinnacle of my success there, uh, I wasn't f- feeling good. Um, hmm. you know, it just didn't feel right to be, you know, angry here and there. It, it didn't, it, it was more like Tums in the morning and tequila at night. Um, So that lifestyle and that way of functioning, uh, unconsciously I knew that, well, that was certainly not sustainable. It didn't feel good. Um, It was constantly pressured to do more, get get more kind of mentality. And I really believe we've created a world that's very much designed in that way. Uh, Not that I'm the exact microcosm of the world, but I think in many ways, many of us are led to this real survival, this Darwinian type of thinking. So ultimately, to kind of move into the launch point, uh, essentially a breakdown, I would call it for sure, some call it a dark night of the soul. In retrospect, of course, it's, it's the breakdown to break through. And I begin a, a a deeper inward practice to look in inward to myself through the, the darkness and the despair and the tequila to really focus a bit more in, you know, taking back the power of my life to taking back the the, the journey that maybe I was being asked to take. So that's when I began to explore and question and really get into a meditative practice and yogic practice, reading Western and Eastern philosophies and traditions and ultimately, you know, really landing on shamanic traditions and A Course of Miracles. So here I am, and that that led to, okay, let's go explore. Let's take this adventure, this quote-unquote Campbell Campbell's heroes or heroines journey. If you're a female, to to explore what there must be something more, and 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 that's what led to these journeys that I share in the Divine Genius, the Unlearning Curve, and some of my other works. But also serve as the basis, experiential basis to to be here with you now, to share with <laughs> everybody, to do do do. I think what we're all being asked to do, and to show up greatly for. Uh, our planet and our families and our communities that are struggling deeply right now. So, and do you
0: do you me. think I was thinking about this as I was reading and, and listening and reviewing a bunch of materials on you or around you? Do you think that part of the the ayahuasca ceremony, not, not actually, I don't necessarily mean that. Well, I'll call it ceremony. That it is opening the circuits for our reconnection to the planet and the root network and the microsome and the that the earth has an intelligence and it's been doing it for a long time and it it seeks to be in homeostasis like our bodies do and do you think that ayahuasca reconnects that or does it actually gets you to to have the the sense of the planet under your feet in a real way because if you're in peru you're Possibly barefoot while you're doing this ceremony. So, do you think that's part of it? That's sort of a theory I have about ayahuasca, is that I think it opens that connection for us to go, oh, wait, I am part of this. What am I doing, or what can I be doing?
1: Well, it, it's, it's a good question, Richard, and maybe a little little kind of context, a little preamble before mm-hmm, I uh, we dive into that deeper, um, because the implications I, ayahuasca or I'm going to stay, would stay focused on medicinal medicines, which have been popularized, you know, here, you know, really in the, in the recent times Um, you know, that, that the work with the, the medicine is a ceremony. Uh, It's a sacred ceremony, not just a haphazard ceremony. And it, it is an invitation to come into a deep inward journey of our own connection w- within and of our own being. And and, uh, and I'll go a little more into that in a second. But I want to preface that because I often am asked about the ayahuasca journeys. And I always share that it's not for everyone. And um, many feel like, Um, Well, let's go try it, or I should do it. And they they don't quite know parameters and what the protocols should be. Um, In other words, for example, if you're considering working with an ayahuasca, which is the master ayahuasca, A, you should be working with the masters, (laughs) B, where does that ayahuasca, where does the medicine come from? Who brewed that medicine? All, all ayahuasca are not the same. <laughs> so there's different forms and mixtures, and 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 some could be very Disneylandish, very kind of more hallucinogenic. Some could be more have more of a sense of a heaviness versus a lightness, which it comes through the flowers. I won't get into the uh, chemistry of it per se, and I'm no expert in that either. So just a little preference before your question is it's not for everyone. And if you are going to do that, do so with in the right setting, the sacred setting. Do so with the right ayahuasca or, or the even ayahuascaro. So do so in a group that maybe has a little more intimacy than 40 or 50 people or so. By goodness, I can't even imagine. So um, these are very important things. What is the environment? Where is that? I have only done the medicine in in the jungles and in in the sacred and in the holy mountains with the masters of the masters. So I speak to that from that context. The, to, to your point, uh, Richard, which is a great, Question of, you know, what is what is the medicine do? What is its its uh, the idea of it and its connection and a deeper connection to the our earth earth nature. I mean, it is a vine, and it is very earth based medicine, uh, and ultimately, without getting into the what it, its effects on the pineal gland and all the other types of things it 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 offers an opportunity of what the masters would would say affectionately to experience um, a death um, mm. of all that no longer serves you. so the medicine that uh, I believe and the intention that I've had most often with the medicine. Is to remove any barriers and to work with the malleability of the of the brain uh, to rewire our neural networks away and th- through the traumas and the conditionings that we've experienced. Uh, well, not only in this lifetime, but many lifetimes. And the ability of the medicine and ceremony under the right circumstances, I believe, allows the individual to create an experience that can see, experience, breathe, feel everything about parts of our lives that are keeping us from our greatest, fullest expression, which I refer to as our genius that are keeping us from our connectivity in the oneness of, of Mother Earth, keeping us from our connectivity with the quantum field. And it very much served as the basis of the, the book that I just published, The Divine Genius and Learning Curve, because the question that I posed at the very beginning, that begin, the quest for what I refer, we know as the Holy Grail, can you get out of this lifetime of lies? Mm-hmm. And that's a very profound question to explore with the doctor, <laughs> the doctor death, the ayahuasca.
0: Yeah. And would you say a bit more about the quantum field aspect or, or talk a little bit more about the idea of the quantum field as it relates to... I, I suspect that as you go through this ceremony, not because I've been part of ceremonies, and it's a thing. And I mean that not as a dismissive thing way, but as a, it's a, it's a, there's, there's purpose and there's function and there's form to the ritual. And as you say, this is not something you want to go to a condo in Van Nuys. I don't know why I'm picking on Van Nuys, and do, in my view. I think you want to do it with an ayahuasca master, or you want to be in an area where it's a respected thing and people, shaman, go into the jungle and talk to the plants and gather the correct forms. I think that's really, I think part of ceremony is that and how how that leads us to being in more connection with the quantum field. In in the best of ways, because the quantum field could be a little scary if you're just like, whoa, but to have it reset and come out the other side from post ayahuasca where you're, I think you're cleaning your cell receptor sites, speaking of Bruce Lipton, getting your cell receptor sites so they're sort of clear and you go, what was I thinking? I'm disconnected. And I think part of that is being aware of and being open to the idea of the quantum field. Does that all make sense?
1: Well, it does, and, and I mean, you shared a bit of that very generous testimonial from uh Bruce lipton um and his work around epigenetics and creating environmental conditions that support our own activation own opening and awareness of our the totality of who we are uh not simply as. In and in here in a body, but the totality of who we are is in connection to the quantum field, the, the, all that, that there is. And you know, ultimately, you know, what I share around <clears throat> the process of using a medicinal medicine, and it is a process, it is also not the only way to connect to the quantum field at all. Um, does it accelerate that journey? Potentially, I believe it does. Does it create, all alchem- is it an all chemical, uh, let's say chain reaction that could move us into that opening of cellular memory, of opening into the, the very essence of our DNA? Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that I like to, share regarding our journey into our interconnectivity and oneness, not simply with ourselves and planet and Mother Earth, but our interconnectivity with the quantum field, uh, the field of infinite and abundant uh, possibilities is um, in the work that I'm actually doing now <clears throat> is around the quantum phenomena. And, um, and so when I look at the four quantum phenomena, and let's take a minute if you like, and we can kind of explore it for a moment. Is is the idea that we are having this dualistic experience? I don't want to get overly wonky here. I'm not really not mm-hmm. a quantum physicist nor do I hang my shingle or think of that myself that way. But I certainly in study and experimentation and conversation with others around this. And as when we move through that first quantum phenomena of duality, we we begin to explore our journey into to our into the unified field, into our place of unification with all that is that's transcendent of our um, physical world. So the shaman. And the work that we do, the men and women do, is to bridge the world of our 3D experience, which is a dualistic world, into a a 5D experience or even greater. And I won't get off into that. But Hmm. ultimately, the capacity of the human right now through the work of great work of, of Dr. Lipton, Joe Dispenza, and Alberto Vialdo, uh, Nassim as, Harriman as well, is this bridging from a, the new science that takes us from the duality into a journey of the bridging into the quantum field through what I'm looking at right now is those phenomena. The first is duality. The second one is, leads us into a place of uncertainty. And if we think of this from just our own evolutionary, conscious evolutionary perspective, folks, that we all know that we engage in a place of moving into the unknown. Um, you know, the vast majority of the universe is dark matter. It is, it is not seen. It's not, it, it doesn't mean it's not experienced. It doesn't mean that you actually cannot see it, but in a, with our 3D eyes, no, and our 3D ears, no. But the journey into the uncertainty and the willingness to move into a place like, I don't know. I'm willing to step into the unknown. I'm willing to journey into a place that is vast. And that is the beginning emergence of, of anyone that may be on the path, so to speak, in whatever capacity, whatever tools you're using, whether it's deep meditative practice, whether it's uh, as, as, you know being still, whether it's using medicinal medicines, whatever it, it 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 may be, we move into that place of uncertainty. So that's takes us into the next stepping over this bridge from the duality into the uncertainty and then moving into entanglement and there's so much work that's uh, has been done and has gone on around the in- in- entanglement on um, the connection of ourselves with the particle of the wave because it's all energy and light as we know as we move through uh, our, our lives move through our interconnectivity with the oneness and the vastness, if this is making sense, we move into an entanglement. So what I found through my own personal work is that in that journey of becoming entangled, um, it, it leads us into a um, transcendent space beyond um, the, the physical world. Um, it's kind of the piece that says, okay, now we're willing to step over to the other side, that which mm-hmm. is not seen, the formless, if this makes sense. So, had I had an ayahuasca journey um, in the Sacred Valley. Um, my goodness, it's, it was back in 2008 with a old master who's no longer here with us, Don Ignacio. Um and that journey led me to to a a, a river on in the presence of of a river of of life of the life force the energy force and i haven't really shared this with uh, mm. with really anyone richard but that journey was to c- go into that river to move into the entanglement, to move not only into the uncertainty, but to let go the key word safety. So that takes us into the entanglement, but ultimately into the unitive state, which is the fourth um, the, the fourth uh, phenomena of quant, the quanti- quantization of our existence to move back into that state. So uh, I've been a little bit verbose here with it. And wanted to create some context for, for you all around working with medicines or just taking your journey and the willingness to look at, say, what quantum, the quantum phenomena offers us as insights. And that duality to that place of uncertainty into an entanglement into a quantization of, of our existence is a good model. And I believe it's, it's, it's a model that's now scientifically being understood as never before, all within the right environmental conditions, all within the right framework that is ultimately is grounded and that it is tethered into the world of form. So hopefully that's helpful and gives a little more color on, on my own personal journey, but also the, the, how quantum, the quantum physics plays a role in, in our, all of our journeys.
0: No, that was great. Thank you. It leads me. Um, I was going to save this for later, but it leads me to ask about fear and a long opener question. As I was reading your materials, as I say, you know, studying, and I was thinking in your research and your experience with ayahuasca or other techniques or medicinals or any of that category in your own research, and personal experience, is it possible for us to flip the switch on going into the unknown in a state of fear versus going into the unknown in a state of curiosity? And before you answer that, I want to say that I understand that there is function in fear, meaning you're not going to walk out into the street when cars are whizzing by you that is a fear-based decision. And I don't mean that as a derogatory, I mean, but it's a decision of survival. I don't want to go out there because I could be killed. That is a that is a good response. But I think there are times when we're going into things that could be opportunities if we looked at them uh, that way versus like, oh my God, I don't know, I'm scared. So is it possible to switch that thinking? And do you think ayahuasca helped you with that to get out of I consider fear to be a constricted state because it tends to be tight and tense. And there, as I say, again, it's function. And yet if we know we're safe, can we flip that switch to see unknowns as like, wow, this could be cool. Does that make sense?
1: Complete, completely. And, um, how do we do that? how do we move from the initial fear? I think is the, the question into a place of moving from fear, moving into uncertainty unknown. And it's in, in, the, in that journey through the fear into the unknown and into the trust of that unknown is, is the question, how do we, how do we do that? And mm-hmm. um I I, could, I will say from my own personal journey, there, there is always a moment that gives me pause before venturing into the black hole. There's always a moment that invites me to sit before I take part in the medicine. Or I walk in the deserts, into the unknown, into the oblivion, always. And I believe that's an innate state of in, being informed, but, of, but not one that is to, to dictate the journey or the process, because that does not serve. What it is, it's an offering for preparation. mm and what what we do in all the work that I do today uh, with others is preparing them for the journey, preparing before we begin to move deeply into the re- the unknown, the recesses of our subconscious, in the shamanic worlds. We call that the the thirteen underworlds. Mm-hmm. And so many want to bypass this part of the journey. And I think we all know many that are out there on the path seemingly have done so much work and have written so much and do so much, yet there's pieces that have been ignored or journeyed around. This is a journey through. And that's the very idea is to return through th- through the underworld, as we just say in the shamanic traditions, Freud would say the uh, subconscious the unconscious world, which is the unknown, and the preparation for that that is that is when we feel that moment that of checking in uh and just saying. Preparation is key. Here's what I recommend to prepare, <laughs> and, and and that is dedicated time before any quest. And these are vision quests. These are quests for truth, your truth, for knowledge, connect quest for uh, their their quest of destiny, uh, as we would say. Um, they're moving us beyond fear-based living in existence and integrating a destiny-based unfolding and imagining of, of, of the lives that we are here to live. So in that journey of preparing, it's necessary, I find, to come into a place of stillness, always a place of interconnectivity with Mother Earth, spend time in nature, spend time in the garden, spend time in the trees, spend time on the mountain, whatever that may be, but ultimately to come into the ask of what is the intention of this work that I'm about to do. I mean, we are, and every one of us in our own way are sojourners of our own destiny. Are we not? uh, Otherwise, Mm -hmm. we're just here dying. Many of us are just struggling to be that sojourner. So yeah, preparation is key.
0: That's (laughs) we're going to take a short break. But I I have to say, right before we take the break, I would go to that workshop that it was titled "We're Just Here Dying," or you know, some kind of like dark-humored. We want to do more than that, don't we? Come on. And with that thought, we'll take a short break, and we'll be right back. SoundHealthPortal.com
1: The body's vocal indicators move with every frequency set that goes from your brain to any part of your body. We have a Dr. Russ Rudy who came to us on a scooter. He had multiple sclerosis. Frequencies of his nerves were dead from the waist down.
0: I'm speaking as a physician and a patient. Uh, I went down the medical road first. I didn't get any answers that were acceptable to me. You know, when they hear something like, I'm going to listen to you speak, and I'm going to analyze, and I'm going to play tones for to you and make you better, it just sounds so foreign to what we're expecting.
1: And it took us from November of one year to May of the next, and it regrew the nerves from his waist down. So now we can believe it because it was science. I,
0: I've seen it work in so many cases. Oh, I'm proof of it. I mean, Nobody, nobody five or six years ago would expect me to be doing what I am today. Join us at soundhealthportal.com. Those things that are out there that we don't have very good treatment for, why shouldn't they be allowed to try something different? And when when we're relaxed in this state and we're moving into the quantum field, I have a feeling that this relates to a term you use in your book, involution. Could you talk to us about the involution compared to evolution?
1: Absolute, ab- absolutely. And, um, and the, you know, I also just want to preface as we move into our evolutionary as we move with our evolutionary force here in our 3D I- I- experience, Richard, and enter the connectivity with the involutionary force, I, I I sense many of us are curious about the journey, obviously, because we're having the discussion and many, you know, thousands are showing up at, to journey into the experience, the the blog that people read most of mine is around this quantum experience, this 5D human, interestingly, this emergence of this homo luminous, as we would say in the shamanic traditions, some would call it universal human. And in that journey we are we are moving into the unified field. Um and that's where the quantum physics and quantum science comes in, folks, because that is what is showing our interconnectivity. And Nassim Herman is coming out with this unified field that's not simply a theory, but something that's now being scientifically shown and proven to be our interconnectivity with it all. And evolution and the idea of evolution it is is one that I will speak to right now because it's the idea is the work that things that I, I did a lot with Barbara Marx Hubbard, the late beloved Barbara Marx Hubbard was around conscious evolution. She was the mother of conscious evolution in her, in her own right. And this is the idea, folks, that we are moving beyond this Darwinian uh, Newtonian way of thinking about our lives as survival of the fittest and uh, the separation that we have have built this world that we we live in right now and, and, you know, what it's, the good, the bad, and the ugly that comes with it. But that has been a very unconscious evolutionary journey. And it's been, I say that because the journey that's, The dominant journey, I say it because it's one that is separate from ourselves, each other, Mother Earth, and the quantum field and the universe. So when we move into this conscious evolution, the work that Richard's been doing and things that he's been exploring and I've been exploring and many, many others, and you're exploring, all of us are exploring, is the journey to consciously move forward. Ascend into our greater totality, I think it's key is that we we're really we're we think we're going home, but we're going to a place we never left. It's simply what I share in divine genius, the unlearning curve it's just letting go of all that ensues us in and the idea of separation. I'd love to get more into what that looks like and how each of us can actually really shed ourselves of what no longer serves us in had, you know, moved, moved, you know, clearly and intently into the totality of who we are uh, as one, so to speak. But what, what I'm finding with your question, and I've found with your question, Richard, um, about involution and evolution is that while involution is the, excuse me, while evolution is the ascending force that lifts us, that moves us out of our separation. Ideally, consciously, we don't want to have to have health conscious, a planetary con- crisis.
0: Uh,
1: I should say, uh, uh, where we have all kinds of crises that are now moving us. So it's a motivating force. Important to know this. And and, and, and when we're unconscious, it, it it just hits us like a, like a like a ton of bricks. And, and, it, and it, it has devastating results. And we're, we're seeing it right now on a global scale and also on an individual scale, of course. But the idea is, is that is a motivating, that's a force that pushes us based upon our past experiences, past conditionings, and that we evolve beyond those things. We ascend to a higher level of our existence, okay? Follow me on this, because when we come to a greater ascendance, we are met by the involutionary force. And Sri Aurobindo, the great uh, Indian mystic uh, and master, uh, spoke so deeply of this involutionary force in that it is a force that's actually pulling us. So if you think about something pushing us from our past, pushing pushing us up, pushing us up, pushing us up, there's also the involutionary force that's pulling because it's descending, it's coming in, it's penetrating us. And it, that force is the, what some refer to as the the life force, the chi. And I, 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 I write about this in um, The Divine Genius, The Unlearning Curve, the, the fourth wisdom teaching is all about the life force and also my 12th wisdom teaching is about involution the 10th is about evolution the 11th excuse me 11th about excuse me 11th is about evolution and the 12th is about involution these are powerful wisdom teachings folks that can offer us a way to bridge from our 3d world to our 5d world so the involutionary force is that which inspires us it calls us. And think, Richard, think of Mm. rapture, the place of, of, we feel, uh, uh, of the uh, unconditional love, those moments. We feel like, ah, deep sense of peace, all is well. This is the involutionary force that's coming into our minds and into our hearts and into our souls. So, it's a beautiful connection point of evolutionary ascending force and involutionary descending inspirational force because when they meet, that's the magic. That's the, the equanimity of you know being quantum and in the greater dimensions of the world, but being in the world uh, as free humans. Right. We'll, in our bodies. Does that make some sense?
0: Yes. It makes me think of, um, I spend a lot of time studying wolves and I work with some people. I produce for some people that work with wolves and I think wolves are a really great example of a pack because really humans are a pack. We just can't figure that out or we've lost it for a while. Indigenous peoples know their packs. That's a whole Separate conversation, and I and I think that wolves have that interesting mix between evolution and involution, because they're in the moment. They're out. They're out going someplace. Every 30 minutes, they stop and play. That's just a thing that's in their culture. They do, and I don't think I don't think they're thinking like, oh, I don't know if we're going to find something to eat, because they can always almost always find something to eat, and they're always very much in the moment. Now, if they get into a state of fear because somebody's trying to kill them or something, they're still going to protect the pack. It's always, they don't, I think, ever lose sight of the pack. And I think that's one of the things that you're talking about is kind of that pack idea. We're part of the quantum field, but mm-hmm. we realize that we're all kind of in this game together. We really are a pack. Mm-hmm. Humans are really a pack. We've just lost that sense. And I think that's oftentimes the, one of the attractors of indigenous cultures because they don't think of themselves as packed, but they really are. If you go into an American Indian village or other kinds of villages, I've spent time studying with curanderos and various kinds of healers and hands-on and all sorts of stuff. And there's always an essence of the group. And I think that's exactly what you're talking about is, is group. We, we return to realizing that we really are part of a group. We may be a soloist, soloist in a certain way, but we're still always involved with the, the essence of group, whether it's in the quantum field or even in a solo way. We're always seeking to be in a homeostatic state. Does that make sense? Have I gone too far?
1: Oh, oh, 100%. And I, and I think that, I mean, just think about the inclination, you know, that we want to belong. Actually, down deep within ourselves, we have a deep longing for belonging longing for belonging, yet obviously we conduct ourselves often as a soulless. I know because that's how I have lived, well, many lives for that man. And the journey into back into the place of the whole, the group, is a journey into into exactly the way you spoke of it, where we think and in terms of the whole first, and foremost. For example, in your analogy of the wolf pack, the leader of the wolf pack is not out front. It is the one that is behind. They lead Mm -hmm. from behind Mm -hmm. because in behind they can A, keep a eye and ear out for all of the pack and at the same time the most vulnerable position for any pack or any hole is from the rear. And so Uh they are willing to put all of that on the line, their lives on the line in service to the whole of the pack. Uh Uh And so it's a very powerful analogy for, I think, our times in many ways For many, and I hear from many from all around the globe, that um, are moving into a place of serving the greater good of the whole. Think about this, Richard, you and all your listeners, that some point in time on the journey of let's just call it awakening because that's what they called our enlightenment. It's kind of silly because we're already enlightened. (laughs) And that journey that we take, the spiritual path, so to speak, in that journey, we come to a place where, my goodness, there's something greater than myself. Oh, my goodness, how can I serve something that is greater than myself? And as a matter of fact, the very moment that realization comes into one's consciousness it is the beginning of the rewiring of the survival of the fittest, Darwinian brain it begins to rewire our neurology in terms of thinking as say the wolf pack, thinking in terms of the whole, thinking in terms of the group and this is now becoming very prevalent I'm finding are more available to many of our leaders in business, people that I'm in touch with, that they're beginning to become a greater receptivity, this idea that the, that the power of the whole, the power of the belonging is in the group and the magic and the genius is in the group. So that that is a great point, and I think this is something that is a deep yearning in our culture right now, and it always has been, but it's it's now becoming more evident. We can see people just leaving their places of work. Why am I doing this lousy job? You know, why am I, I'm tired of being burnt out, you know? So the questions are being raised to be, belong, not in tribalism, although there's a great, you know, division happening and war happening, in our politics and our economics I'm not going to get off into all those kind of things but at the core of our being we, there's that deep human yearning of belonging and sharing the gift that every one of us has sharing the genius that everyone has and that's what drove me to write this book is to support every every one of us to become into a place of their own genius their own wholeness their own place of their gifts every one of us has a gift and a genius to share and it's needed that's the Mm -hmm. invitation i believe of um yeah Mm -hmm.
0: and i think i have to jump up asking about forgiveness and you, you talk about forgiveness in divine genius and yeah, yeah. Talk to us about genius. I mean, sorry, about forgiveness. I, I'm a big fan of, I, I think forgiveness is incredibly powerful. And I think sometimes we think a lot about in all the studies and groups and everything I've wandered through or been in. There's a lot of conversation about forgiving others. And, and I often think that we really have to start with ourselves. That that's the that's power of unwinding you know start by forgiving yourself and then work out what are your thoughts on that
1: indeed and in, and in, 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 indeed and um you know it will be, if we cannot forgive ourselves then how can we forgive any anything el- anybody else and if we you know th- think of the cliche the truth will set you free right true mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it, it maybe not such a cliche, but um, importantly, this is what forgiveness is. Forgiveness will set you free. We, mm. as human beings, in the, con- the the way that we have been wired, and con- we live in a conditional life experience. In other words, we live in the future's past. So mm. our thought processes, 60, 70, 80,000 thoughts a day. Almost all of those thoughts are based on past conditionings. We see the world based on the past. We make decisions based on our traumas of our past, of our woundings of the past, unconsciously. So how do we set ourselves free from a past conditioned experience? In other words, if we're moving into this place of beyond this 3D world into becoming the homoluminous, the light being, quantum being, as I refer to it as, not spirit, simply spiritual being, but a quantum being, with that potentiality. As we move through that, Richard, what I found is the practice of forgiveness, and we've heard it from every tradition, mm-hmm is step 1 it's the first in universal wisdom teaching that i share in the divine genius the unlearning curve and i share it not in the sense of what we how we think of forgiveness i share it in the terms of true forgiveness with a capital t why the differentiation and i'll share go into that because I believe that the practice of forgiveness is we practice it in our human form, current form, that it simply is paying lip service to things that have happened in our lives. And what I mean by this is if you think about it, is if we, and this is not to be de minimis to anybody that's had trauma, and I've had my own experiences of it, it's not to dismiss it. Not to say it didn't happen. Oh, I'm going to let it go. Not to say any of that. That's just, this is why it's key. When we think of forgiveness as we've been practicing it, we, it what happens for us is we become the, the judge. We become the jury. Son of a bitch is guilty. Hmm. I'm the victim. I'm the victim of that perpetrator. Or we find ourselves rescuing others emotionally because something happened to them. So we're in a drowning pool of victim-perpetrator-rescuer mentality. Hmm. And even when we say, I forgive myself and I forgive the person for that, even when we do that, we're still in the victim-perpetrator mentality. You can't solve a problem from the place the problem was created, Einstein, paraphrasing Einstein. So what do we do? So we do what A Course in Miracles has offered us, which is such a core piece of all the work I do as a stepping stone as we enter into a practice of true forgiveness, which is, A, forgiving ourselves, as you shared, Richard, so that we can forgive others. But we, we, we forgive ourselves and others not for what we did or what occurred. We forgive ourselves and others for what we did not do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We forgive ourselves for what we did not do. And we, it, it, there's a simple error that every single human makes. And that error is what we did not do. And what we did not do was we forgot, we, did, we forgot, we did not remember that we are connected to each other. We are connected to the other person. We are connected to the event and the circumstances that happened. Take away what happened. Take away the person. We are connected to that place. And it's the quintessence of, of an event and what a, a person may have, whatever that may be. We are at, we are connected. And in that place of connectivity, there is only a place of, 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 of love. There's only a place of, oh, this was the circumstance. It's removed from the judgment. It's removed from the guilt. God, I feel terrible about myself. It's removed from a place of struggling and wanting to, having to go through all kinds of therapies and traumas, you know, and and that's not to say those aren't valuable, but it's, we're talking about true forgiveness at its core because we forgot to remember we all make this error that we are connected to each other. That's true forgiveness. That's the practice into a place where the past and events of our lives and experiences no longer are the tail, so to speak, wagging the dog. In other words, we can set ourselves free and move fully. Into our our expression as geniuses and our connection with the, the divine genius, the quantum field, the greater field of, of our potential. That that's what we're talking about here. Forgiveness is something that I practice more than anything else. Well, thank you for asking that, Richard. Hmm.
0: And it feels like, as we, as you do, with practicing forgiveness a lot. The more we practice forgiveness, the more, it, to me, it seems like we can open the gateway to finding our true selves and our destiny. I can't put that in the form of a question, so that was a question. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> I got caught up in thinking about it. But is that true that we, the more we give, yes. we have forgiveness, the more we can open our gate, our pathway to our true destiny?
1: It's exponential.
0: Yes. Hundred
1: mm-hmm. percent. Wonderful. Hundred percent. If you if you are interested if you are interested in living a life of destiny, not simply faith, not life happening to me, not life happening from me, which is control. But you are interested in a life of destiny. Life is happening for you. Earth School is inviting us, inviting each of us to, it's here for us. And then ultimately, life happening through you. That Mm. is a person that's living and engaging destiny, not simply fate. So to answer your question... Forgiveness offers us exponential growth on the spiritual path, the conscious path, whatever you want to call it, just the journey to your own personal destiny and your own expression of your genius. In other words, how your soul can let itself out in the greater offering of you and your divinity and your light – can be more fully expressed. Forgiveness offers that in a big way.
0: Wonderful. I'm I'm shocked to find we're at the time when I want to ask you where would you like to find have people our listeners find more information about divine genius, the unlearning curve, as well as your ongoing work.
1: Well, thank you. It's been wonderful to be with you, Richard, and uh, of course you and I we could we could talk and share a lot more perhaps we will going forward and uh it's been great to be here with everybody today on this Sunday Sunday morning on this beautiful planet we we all share together uh, you know there's so much goodness and many great things coming full, full of opportunity you know as we navigate through the chaos and the and the crises we face and mm-hmm. uh, you can uh, I want to invite everybody to, to, you know, visit my website, AdamHall.Solutions. AdamHall.Solutions. Please um, visit my website. I I want to particularly point out on that website I have just published a free master's class. Um, I completed a summit uh, at the end of the year, the Earthkeeper Summit. Uh, we had eighty thousand participants from around the globe. And I shared a, a, a wonderful uh, a master's class there on creating impact and discovering your genius. So it, and it offers some really fun exercises and things to discover, and I, and I invite everybody to check out that uh, master's class on my website at Adamhall.solutions. Um, there's other offerings there. Um, there are many, many blogs. There's uh, an ebook on abundance. Um, and th- I encourage everybody to pick up the Divine Genius, the Unlearning Curve. It's on Amazon around the world. You can pick it up there. Um, and I do have another book there that I just published as well. It's called The Little Book of Abundance because I'm I'm convinced and uh, determined to help end the mindset of lack and scarcity once and for all for all of us, Richard. So uh, encourage everybody to pick up pick up those books on 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 Amazon. There. They're, they're, they are provide the stepping stones and a pathway from that 3D human into that quantum human into the quantum field. So it's just been great to share, and look forward to hearing from everybody. So please feel free to to reach out if you choose.
0: Thanks, and I also recommend everybody go to AdamHall.Solutions/blog. There are a lot of really great articles that Adam has written there. A lot of really wonderful information for further. There thinking um, of the big picture and I'll say now I we won't talk about this because I know we can both jump into this right now but we can't that I definitely want to have (laughs) you back so that we can talk about think we not me so with that (laughs) I will say everybody have a great rest of the weekend and we'll see you next week thank you again Adam that was great Uh, you're welcome bye-bye everybody